Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I would like to call in the ancestors to join us here today. It is on their shoulders that we stand, and we would like to go forward in a way that we can learn from those who have gone before us. So today I call in to those ancestors in each of our ancestral lines, each one of us listening to the show live or downloaded four years from now. It doesn't matter to me. I call out to your ancestors all the way back along your ancestral lines till we find ancestors who lived shamanically who understand stood about soul loss and soul retrieval and the care and the well-being and the keeping of a soul. So we call out to these ancestors to be with us here today. They are there in every line for every human, on every continent, every gene pool. Every one of us has these ancestors in our line. And I call out to them today to join us, to help us to speak honestly and to hear well in this topic that is so important in this time when we are living um, with such challenge and distraction and hardship to our souls. So we call out to those ancestors who knew how to live with souls in a good way, how to care for them, how to tend them, and how to feed them, and how to live well as a human on this earth. We call out to the earth itself, to the great and beautiful being of this planet to be with us here today, and we give thanks for a place to gather. We give thanks for home, for belonging, for connection, and the beauty of this world in which we live. And we call out to the sky above to bring the energies down, to bring us blessings and generosity, to contain us, to protect us, to hold us well. And we ask these energies of earth and sky to merge within us, to make a place for that magic, that alchemy of life within each one of us, that we might be that much more alive today because we have gathered. So we call out to the ancestors, the earth, the sky, to hold us well in our conversation here today as we open our hearts and call out to the spirit of your heart. I call out to the spirit of the heart that connects all things for humans. We call out to this energy and especially the aspect of the heart that allows the passions of your own soul's true purpose to rise up from your loins into your heart. And the clarity and the creativity and the inspiration that comes down from the mind that looks out at the world and says, Great, I feel that passion, but how do I do that today? And we ask that passion from the belly and the clarity from the mind to merge in the heart that we might each go forward today in a way that allows us to live our soul's true purpose more fully. So with these energies called in, I welcome you joining us here today as we speak today about soul retrieval and its place in modern healing. So back in 1991, Sandra Ingerman published a book called Soul Retrieval, Mending the Fragmented Self. This was the first edition of a book which has had several editions since. It's published in I don't know how many different languages. It's sold all over the world, and it is a beautiful book. It's at your library, and it's an easy read, given the importance of the contents of this book. Now, Sandra Ingerman did not invent Soul Retrieval, but she is the first contemporary person to re-receive that information from spirit in answer to a question that she asked, which was simply this. As a psychologist, she was simply asking her own helping spirits, because she was also a shamanic practitioner, um, she was asking her own helping spirits, how can I be more effective with my clients? 
how can I help them in these places in their lives when the psychology I'm doing with them is not working? And as an answer to that question, she rediscovered soul retrieval and brought it forward in a beautiful, simple-to-read book so that many contemporary people could re-engage with one of the oldest healing traditions on the planet. One of the oldest wounds humans have ever experienced is the wound of the loss of the soul. And it is the retrieval of those, that lost soul or those lost soul parts that um, we are talking about today. So what is soul loss and what is soul retrieval? So just to give you a sense of scope here, generally speaking, when we think of soul loss as contemporary practitioners, we look at coma as about 50% soul loss. In other words, you're caught in between coming and going. Essentially, are you meaning to be here or are you meaning to be there? And you're sort of 50% in between. So when we talk about soul loss, there's a couple kinds. We're not talking about coma, right? So we're talking about a much smaller percentage. We're talking about far less than 50% of your soul being absent from your body. When we're talking about soul loss, we're talking about some fragment of your soul, some small percentage of your soul that is enough to create a gap or an opening, all the way to losing enough of your soul that you are really not able to function very well in the world, all the way to losing enough of your soul in the classic sense of soul loss that you would die of a wasting illness, not an illness anyone could give a name to or put their fingers on, but an illness that... that you, in essence, you just slipped away, and eventually one morning they would find you dead. And that's traditional soul loss. It didn't kill you instantaneously, but it killed you in a relatively short period of time because you essentially didn't have enough soul present to generate the life force necessary to simply keep going every day. So many contemporary people could be listening at this point in the show and saying, whew, I don't want to listen to the rest of this show. This doesn't make any sense at all to me. However... We have had many guests on our show talking about various and sundry aspects of their work in the world, and they're all coming back to issues we deal with in the contemporary world all the time, post-traumatic stress, um, addictions, chronic fatigue, chronic problems that are not addressed very effectively by either allopathic or alternative medicines. And... One of the common themes I see in my own practice, and I've been practicing shamanic healing, particularly soul retrieval work for almost 20 years. And what I see is often when a human is not responding well to the ordinary physical treatments, whether they're pharmaceuticals, whether they're whether it's massage or alternative healing, whether it's chiropractic, whether it's acupuncture, doesn't matter. The point is the person isn't responding as one would expect in a range of normal. There's a range for every treatment of normal, what's expected by the practitioner. If a person isn't responding in that, or they respond and fall back, respond and fall back, respond and fall back. If they're in that kind of situation, then the simple perspective from a shamanic perspective is that the physical Uh, modalities are not addressing the source of the problem. They're addressing only the symptoms of the problem. And that in this case, the source of the problem lies outside of the physical realm or potentially outside of the psychological realm. And so what we're talking about is 
through shamanism is we're talking about the means by which we can engage directly with healing in the emotional and soul realm, the heart, the heart and soul of things. And so from a shamanic perspective, soul loss is possible, that you could become split off from some portion of your soul is, is considered common a normal it's a it's an ordinary kind of illness from a shamanic perspective now you all already know this every single one of you listening at some point in time in your life has said i've never been the same since that night that car accident that breakup that divorce that move my family made when i was 7 Whenever we are able to pinpoint, I've never been the same since something. Could have even been a fight. Could have been that last time your brother beat you up. Who knows what it was? It could have been that time you startled. It could be being startled from a dream. One of the most old, oldest forms of soul loss is you get lost in your dreams. You don't make it back when you wake up. I know that sounds strange, but I have found people lost in their dreams. So, this experience of having lost yourself, having given yourself to someone, having lost yourself in some sort of dynamic in your family, some experience of abuse, some accident, sudden frightening accident like a car accident, some traumatic event like a fire, um, all of these things. And Sandra Sandra lays it out beautifully in her book, Soul Retrieval, about all of the reasons that in the contemporary world where we might potentially lose some fragment of ourselves. So before we go to break, I'd like to address one point here. Contemporary, my experience of contemporary soul loss and soul retrieval is very different from the traditional soul loss and soul retrieval that I researched in the Encyclopedia of Shamanism. Traditionally, Soul loss was caused by getting lost in a dream, um, fright, um, some sort of accident, sudden accident, sudden scare, or perhaps having your soul stolen by a um, sorcerer. And that usually this loss was so great that it was evident to those around you because you were suddenly different and that you began to waste away and that you, you lost a significant amount of your soul such that you would have that wasting disease and waste away. And that's a traditional sense of soul loss. So it was imperative that the shaman was found and that the shaman was sent out into the spirit realms to find where your soul was lost and to bring it back and put it back in your body, which is, by the way, a fairly easy thing to do for an initiated shaman. So even though the ramifications of soul loss are enormous and frightening and terrible for us, the, the repair of soul loss is fairly easy with a trained and initiated shaman. So that's the good news. So in the old days, you'd trot off to find the shaman or bring the shaman to you or bring the ill person to the shaman, and the shaman would find the person's soul and bring it back. Or shamans, sometimes it took several shamans to do it if, if the situation was dire. Anyway, the person's soul was repaired, all was good, life went on. And it was all done in a relatively short time frame. In the contemporary world, we have a tendency to lose smaller fragments of ourselves Sometimes the loss isn't even obvious immediately. And we uh, um, accommodate or adjust, adapt to that part being gone energetically before the next moment of soul loss occurs. Now, the interesting thing about human beings is we can adapt to almost anything. 
And so we lose these smaller fragments, we adapt over time, and then collectively, by the time we are in our 20s or 30s, we often cumulatively have the same amount of soul loss that might have killed us in the past. And this is what is interesting and different about practicing today relative to the past. So today our discussion is about soul loss and soul retrieval and its place in our contemporary world and in our contemporary understanding of healing, medicine, and well-being. So I hope you all will join me as we return from this break and continue to discuss this very important healing, soul retrieval. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and today we are discussing soul retrieval and its place in modern healing. So in this section, what I would like to do is to do a little myth-busting. But before I get into that, let me say the simplest way that I think it's important to understand soul retrieval, soul loss and soul retrieval. I consider soul loss fundamental as a problem. And what I mean by that, and we've talked about this in many different shows, but what I mean by that is, okay, you're an energy being. And if all things are created equal, you should be able to essentially visualize the healthy state of energy you'd like your energy to flow in, and that, and the energy should follow your form. The form of your energy should follow those thoughts. Form follows thought. That should occur, and for the most part, it does, except where we have experienced some kind of fundamental problem that fundamentally changes our energy, so that our energy cannot follow those basic universal principles. And soul loss is one of those wounds. It is a wound that happens at the core of our energy being, at our soul, and it creates um, an absence of energy because the soul part is now disconnected from us in space and time. So it creates an, um, like a, you could think of it like a rock that the water has to flow around. If your soul or your energy is flowing like a river, the loss or the hole is like a rock that something has to flow around. And so you can continue to run your energy and learn about your chakras and do a bunch of healing, but you're always moving your energy around the absence of your soul. There's always a hole there until that energy is brought back. And nothing else will substitute for the true soul energy. And we've discussed this in other shows about being a leaky bucket and how we can lose energy um, out of our body no matter how... um, good our practices and how how great our diet is and how much of all the right things we're doing, we can still be filling and filling and filling ourselves with energy every day and still end up depleted because we potentially have a leaky bucket. So soul loss is one of those things that creates that kind of fundamental hole. It's a fundamental damage to our energy structure and no amount of visualization is going to change it. In other words, no matter how great the information is you have from your channel, no matter how wonderful the information is from your meditations, no matter how great the healers are that you work with, no matter any of this, they will have to keep working around the whole. And the whole manifests in us as addictions and chronic patterns. So it's that feeling of no matter how much healing work you do, you still attract the same kind of job or the same kind of partner. That, that sense of no matter what you're doing on some level, you're still stuck in a certain energy pattern. The root of that is most often soul loss. And so that's what I mean by a fundamental problem in that it doesn't respond in the way that your healthy energy body responds. And that's the best way to think of it. Your 
your energy body that is present will continue to respond to your visualizations, your meditations, the healing that you receive, herbs that you take, your practices that cultivate energy, your expressive art, all the great things that you're doing for your own well-being. Your healthy energy body that is here and present will respond to that. So you will feel that benefit. And at the same time, where there is soul loss, patterns will repeat. Energy will be lost. Habits will stay stuck. Um, I, I can't tell you how many people I've met who have these pristine, excellent lives, but there's that one addiction to nicotine or sugar or coffee or whatever. So anyway, this is what we're talking about, is a fundamental damage to our energy body that can be very easily repaired by a shaman, um, but is very hard for you to repair yourself and, and often impossible. So what I'd like to do, though, is talk about some myths around soul retrieval because soul retrieval is extremely powerful and effective healing, and for an initiated shaman, it's actually fairly easy. You know, like one session can change several things. Um, it's extremely cost-effective, and for those of you who are struggling financially right now and yet still have issues you need to deal with, maybe it's time for you to try soul retrieval and get some, a serious fundamental shift in your energy in one session. I mean, that's what's amazing about it. Now, we'll talk about how you need to follow up with that session, and that soul retrieval itself is not a magic bullet. But if you are challenged financially and challenged energetically, socially, trying to figure out how to function in a better way in the world and feeling you don't have the resources to pay for all the things you used to be paying for, try soul retrieval. Go for the soul, the heart, the fundamental core of the problem and see what happens. Okay, so myth-busting. One of the main issues in talking about soul retrieval, soul loss, and soul parts is the problem with the English language. We're stuck with the word parts. And the truth is human beings fragment on a lot of different levels. They, um, and many of these levels can be dealt with through other healing, through your own visualization and meditation, through your own work with spirit, and in good therapy. And we marginalize parts of ourselves, we shove parts of ourselves in the shadow closet, and we dissociate. All of these energies do not necessarily require a shaman to retrieve them. They are, and the retrieval of these parts is an important part of your healing. It's absolutely essential. It is not soul retrieval because we're not talking about soul energies. We're talking about fragmented psychological energies, we're talking about shadow energies, which are still in your sphere of influence, they're not lost, and we're talking about dissociated parts, which may be soul energies, but they're not gone, they're just over there in the corner. And so all of this is still in your sphere of influence to repair. And so it's not a fundamentally lost problem. Now, all these parts need to be brought back. All I'm saying is it's not a soul retrieval. It is another kind of healing, it is essential, go do it, but it's not what we're talking about today, okay? So, oh, and the reason we know these are different is because there is a different effect on our life as these energies get integrated. Again, they are all important to integrate, but they affect us differently because they are different energies, and there is nothing that affects us as deeply as our soul because our soul is interrelated with everything. So when a soul part comes back, it changes everything. So if you are a listener and you have had a soul retrieval, supposedly, and it did not change any, everything, 
then one of two things probably happened. One, you didn't actually receive a soul retrieval, that the practitioner did not succeed in locating and returning that soul part is one possibility. The other possibility is you. The practitioner did a fine job bringing the energy back, but you did not integrate it and therefore did not receive the benefits of the full transformation. So those are the two possibilities. Nonetheless, the reason we know all these different quote-unquote parts are different energies is because they affect us differently as they are integrated. And I hope that makes sense because it's just logical. Now, soul retrieval, myth number two or three or whichever one we're on, soul retrieval in and of itself is not a magic bullet. You cannot just throw yourself on the floor, have your shaman bring your soul parts back and expect that to fix everything. You have adjusted and patterned yourself to being a person with those parts missing. That soul part can't come back and change you because you are the person who owns the free will. You are the person who moves and mobilizes your capacity to manifest change in the world. You, the primary operating current time person, has to be willing to adjust and integrate and adapt to that part coming back. And so soul retrieval at its best is a two-part process. You work with an initiated shaman to bring the soul parts back and put them in your body where they belong. And then you, with usually the assistance of the shaman and the rest of your support network, work with those energies that have come back to communicate with them and find out what you need to do to complete the integration. And it usually takes at least a couple months, if not more. Okay. Myth number four, or three, or whichever one we're on, is choosing your shaman matters. Shamanic initiation matters. Not everyone who calls themselves a shaman is equal. That you work with an initiated shaman is critical if you want actual shamanic healing. Otherwise, you're just getting either very spiritual body work or very spiritual therapy or very spiritual whatever, which is fine. But don't think you're getting shamanic healing if you are not working with an initiated shaman. And it's about time that we all start to come to grips with this. And so as you choose your shaman, you need to ask them about their initiation. If they, they may not want to explain their initiation experience to you because it's a very personal, life-changing experience, but they must be able to tie back to it. And you know what, everybody? It's going to make me really unpopular, but you all need to get a grip on this right now. Life, if we engage in it, changes us. It transforms us. It makes us grow. It is a wonderful, amazing, transformative process to be alive. The hardships in life change us. They do not necessarily initiate us. Having experienced both initiation and grueling life changes, they are simply a quantum level different. So for someone to call, say to you, some potential shaman, quote-unquote shaman, to say to you, well, yes, I had a shamanic initiation experience in this workshop. It was so transformative. That's not an initiation. It's a transformative experience in a workshop, and that's fabulous. But initiation changes a person fundamentally. And you will be able to hear it in their voice, in their what they can and what they can't articulate. And finally, I guess the last myth I'd like to bust before we go into this break is that soul retrievals are one of the easiest things in the world to learn to do. If you can journey with your helping spirits, you can learn to do a soul retrieval if you can pay half an attention in your journey. But they are the hardest thing in the world to do well. 
But just because someone has learned to do the technique of soul retrieval does not mean they are remotely capable through their own personal healing to interpret your soul parts correctly. And so this is the final piece as we go into break that I will say is just because someone's learned to do it doesn't mean they really know how. Work with an experienced, initiated shaman. So I hope you'll come back after break as we continue to talk about how soul retrieval healing fits into modern medicine. Thank you all for joining me today. Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and today we are talking about soul retrieval and its place in modern healing. Yes, we are live today. You're welcome to call in or send us an email, and we already got one from a very astute listener who asked me to clarify um, about these myths that I was just talking about. The truth is that choosing your shaman matters, that they need to be experienced, they need to be initiated, and they need to be able to uh, bring more to your healing than a bunch of workshops that they've taken. It's very important. The myth is that it doesn't matter that anyone who calls themselves a shaman is going to be able to do the job or any therapist who went to learn to do soul retrieval training is going to be able to do the job. That That's the myth, that anyone who can do a soul retrieval will do it well, and it's simply not the truth. So select your shamanic healers wisely. All right? So, um, and actually a reference for you to do that would be Sandra Ingerman's website, which is shamanicteachers.com. And in the navigation bar, there is um, a button to click for practitioners, and it gives you practitioners all over the world. So, moving along, I have a a question from a listener, um, Renata in Nevada, who says, what part does the missing soul part play in major illness, like cancer or something like that? Um, is there a situation where perhaps by not having all the soul parts reintegrated into the system or the body, does the immune system break down and give room for disease? Is there a magnetic attraction to blatantly say, I am at disease that's attracting things? She just wants to understand how do the, the fact of missing soul parts, what role does that play in our relationship with illness and disease? This is a great question. And, Renat, I thank you for that. So we're going to back up just a minute in history and remind everybody back from our first show about shamanic healing that in many shamanic cultures, they see soul loss at the root of all illness and disease. Other cultures see the need for depossession and extraction at the root of all illness. But the point is, from a shamanic perspective, your body and your energy body, if you're living in basically a good way, eating well, living your life well, living your soul's purpose, that you are have no reason to be ill. And that illness or disease enters in when someone has experienced soul loss, when there is an opening created in the energy field for problems to occur. Now, in a contemporary world, it looks something like this. So you lose a soul part, the part leaves out of fear for some reason. And then that creates a pattern in your life of the expectation of that fear. And so in your life, you start acting in such a way where that fear, from your perspective, is already there before it's, it, regardless of what the actual situation is. And so you act in a certain way, and that creates a certain situation socially. So... 
illness or disease can be social, it can be emotional, it can be psychological, it can be of the soul. I've, I've worked with addicts who speak very directly about knowing that their addiction to whatever their substance is is about trying to fill a hole. So it can be a direct soul disease, a direct knowing of an, an emptiness or a darkness within. Um, let's see. And physically, we can manifest physical symptoms that are, that, that are sort of resistant to treatment because the real issue ties back to soul loss. And usually what happens is the soul loss um, leaves an energetic hole in a certain part of the body, and that part of the body then is weakened by the, um, that soul part being gone. So the hole that soul part creates weakens the energy field around that part of the body, like um, the pelvis and the hips or the heart energy or up around the neck, and that these um, places of the body do become vulnerable. So it can be what I consider more structural, energetic structural weakness or illness can allow problems in. It can be more emotional or psychological where your choices, your choices around boundaries, your choices around engaging in relationships, your choices you make at work, these things create illness and stress and problems in your life. Um, it can be a direct physical response to um, the energies being missing and not supporting yourself energetically. But it can also be... Let's see how to describe this. Your What I learned from the spirit world working with people, many, many, many people, different um, race, gender, economic bracket, places in the United States, all over the place, is that our boundaries, our energetic boundaries, and our capacity as an energy being to maintain those boundaries is meant to be our first line of defense. When we're in a state of soul loss, those boundaries have holes by definition. If we are not actively and constantly calling in our helping spirits to fill those holes, then our first line of defense fails, essentially, and we're left with our second line of defense, which is only meant to clean up, and that is our immune system. And so for me, the sense that we are in a we live in a culture today in America where people have multiple fragmented soul losses. Multiple they're fragmented. They have multiple soul losses that they've adapted to over time. And it makes complete sense to me that given that that's really our cultural norm, we also have a culture that has a huge array of autoimmune breakdown problems. And that this epidemic really of soul loss or this this normalizing of soul loss i believe is at the root of this vast expanse of all of these this great variety of autoimmune problems because the immune system is not designed to be your first line of defense that is meant to be energetic first and reinforced by your soul and your spirit help first with your immune system there just to mop up what gets through it's not meant to be the first line and so all of these things, I believe, contribute to the lack of physical well-being in our lives. Well, people say, oh, no, it's really people's lifestyles. They're eating habits. They don't exercise. They sit around on the couch. I would say, agreed. And why do they have bad eating habits, eat addictive 
you know, sugar, salt foods, sit around and watch TV and not exercise. Why are they making that choice? And that's the issue with soul, with shamanic healing is we're not saying all of these things people are doing don't matter. They're real. They do matter. But the question is why are people making those choices? If your soul is whole and resonant in your body, you feel its need to do what it's come here to do, and every soul has a unique purpose. It has one chance to live it. That is this lifetime. I'm not talking about your karma. You don't get a second chance around this. If your soul is present in your body and you have even reasonable health, you will not be able to make choices that lead you away from living your soul's purpose. And so my sense is that, yes, soul loss does underlie the lifestyle choices, the cultural patterns, the willingness to work too many hours, all of these social choices that we make. I do believe soul loss is underneath them because I don't think we could make them if we weren't in a state of soul loss. Because my own personal experience is that my soul and its desire to do what it has come here to do drives me, drives me beyond or away from things I egoically want to do, maybe things I romantically want to do, the normal motivating forces in my life, like any contemporary human being, I feel them, but they are completely overrun, trampled by the passion that my soul stirs around why I've come into this life to, to, and the gifts that I have to bring to the world. And so this is my sense of how soul loss fits into this whole array of healing and well-being today is that it is still at the root of all that ails us. And as many of our guests have have helped us to understand, if we continue to pathologize, to psychologize, and to pharmacologize, if we continue to approach our issues as if they are simply in the physical or psychological realm, we will continue to fail. We will continue to treat these problems ineffectively. And that there is a spirit peace, a soul peace at the root of everything. That's what shamanism teaches us, that everything begins first in spirit. Everything in our lives begins first in our soul, and it evolves from there. So my sense, in terms of modern medicine, is we simply need to address that spirit piece. For some people, it's 20% of the problem. For others, it's 85, 90, 95, 90% of the problem. Sometimes it's the whole problem. I'll tell a story, actually, when we come back from break, about a perfect example of someone who had real physical problems for real physical reasons and did all the healing that they needed and still experienced crippling pain and why what they needed was soul retrieval. So, yes, my feeling is soul retrieval remains at the root of all that ails us and that we must bring shamanic healing back into our array of healing options today. So join me for the last part of our show here today where we will we will discuss soul retrieval and what it teaches us about how to live well. Thank you for joining me today. Welcome back everyone. This is your host Christina Pratt and we are talking about soul retrieval here today. 
And I wanted to share a couple stories with you about soul retrieval healing so you can see what it is that I've been talking about. And again, I've been doing soul retrieval healings now for almost 20 years. I have done thousands. And my point is just that these stories are unique stories, but but I have hundreds of these. I mean, these are normal experiences with soul retrieval healing. So this one young man um, in his um, 30s was in a car accident. And as a result of the car accident was some extreme back pain. He got the um, pain meds for that. And as many of us know, those pain meds are strong medicine. They certainly help with the pain, but they're very addictive. And so as he struggled to come off the pain meds, even though he was still in a great deal of pain, um, a strange event occurred at his neighbor's house. The cops arrived to deal with that. He was a little bit out of it because of the pain meds, and so the cops actually... Um, attack him and beat him in the same area that he'd been injured in the car accident. So then he goes through a whole other lap of healing and pain meds and dealing with that. And he's gotten to a place where he has now dealt with all of the issues psychologically, pharmacologically, body work, all the healing that he can possibly get his hands on around these two physical incidents. And one healer says to him, a bodywork healer finally says to him, you shouldn't be in pain anymore, but I understand that you are. I don't know where the source of this problem is. And that made the young man think, well, maybe it's not in my body. Because in theory, he was physically healed. He was off the pain meds. In theory, he should be feeling better, but the truth was, He wasn't. He was still in crippling pain. And importantly, as the breadwinner in a young family, unable to work. And so because of this, he comes to a shaman, me. So now, the important thing about this is he is at a place where he's covered all the other bases, psychologically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know, physically, all the other bases are covered. There's only one thing left. And so I do the soul retrieval work for him. And, you know, it has to do with these incidents and everything. He integrates those. He immediately feels energy. He immediately feels a release of pain over the next several days. And then as he went through his integration over the next couple months, he became completely pain-free. That the issues that remained, that he was experiencing as physical pain, were purely soul loss issues. There's another similar situation with a woman who was functionally unable to bear children but biologically should have been capable, as should her husband have been, and they were certainly practicing, so there was no reason that she shouldn't have been pregnant. The spiritual healing occurred, and and after integrating that healing, and she had several things she had to do, none of which made any sense to her, but they were prescriptions given by spirit to follow through with the spirit healing. And at the end of that time frame, within a couple months, she ended up pregnant. So often the soul retrieval directly affects the presenting issue the person is coming with. But more often than not, a person comes with a presenting issue and the soul retrieval does seem to deal with that issue. And the issue seems to kind of go away. But more often than not, it also ends up changing other things. For example, this one woman received the soul retrieval healing for the issues she was presenting, but she had no, re- no idea that that soul loss was the reason 
she was locked into these very dysfunctional relationships with authority everywhere in her life. So in her relationship with her husband, she was able to pick up in a healthy way her own authority in that relationship, and a relationship she was sure was going down the tubes rebirthed itself, and they're still living happily ever after. At work, she realized she had a a very dictatorial, authoritarian boss, a a woman, happened to be a woman, but it doesn't really matter. But the point is, there was no change possible there. She can't change that other person. But funny thing, another job came along. She left this other job in good standing and moved on to another job in um, a more contemporary workplace where the authority was much more horizontal and was shared. Now, that's also a job she couldn't have done before because she couldn't pick up her own authority. So her issues with authority went both ways. So these these were completely unexpected results of the soul retrieval that she got. But the point is our soul touches so many more things than we know. And it is at the root of so many problems that we, we see as logical or psychological or obvious in a physical sense, but the true reason for its existence in the first place. We don't ask that deeper question, but why? And but why often takes us back to this woundedness of the soul. So the other thing that I saw that I think is important to bring up here if we talk about soul retrieval and health and well-being and living well is that soul people that receive their soul parts back and begin to live in a way that is more whole often find they do not have the life skills to interact with the world as a healthy person. We all know how to be in the world as addicts, as codependents, as obsessive compulsive people. We all know how to be here in codependent ways. Most of us don't actually know how to be here in a healthy way. And so one of the first things I started doing after learning to do good shamanic healing is to teach people how to live in the world with healthy boundaries, to protect your soul so you don't continue to use soul loss as a way to cope with your life problems, to make better choices, to listen to your soul as a guide for these choices that this sort of basic life skills, which I didn't realize until I um, researched the encyclopedia, were ways people were taught to be in shamanic cultures, that you're taught in a shamanic culture to live in a way that you don't have to resort to soul loss to cope with life. And so this is one of the things that I started offering in my own practice. It was not just the shamanic healing, but some life skills teaching. How do you learn to live with a direct relationship with spirit, teaching people to journey? How do you learn to manage your energy bodies? That's those energy basics we just talked about in the last few shows. How do you learn to live in the world in a good way? If all of your soul parts are back and you're energized, you have your full emotional life back, your full passion back, frankly, your coworkers will think you're a little bit strange. You will be counterculture. And how do you live that way? Because it's important that we live that way, and that we do so in a way that inspires others. Because we cannot keep living as a soul-damaged people, because damaged people propagate that damage by the decisions that they make. And we need to be making better quality decisions. So one of the other things I didn't expect to learn from doing soul retrievals is that within ourselves, We have many 
jobs that are being done by our soul that we are unaware of. There's an aspect of our soul that stays connected to the source, and I mean that as the energetic source of all things. There's an aspect of ourself that remains connected to spirit. There's an aspect of ourself that remains connected to our soul's purpose. There's a dreamer. There's a protector, a caretaker, a tracker, all these aspects of ourselves. We don't have what we need to do what we've come here to do unless all these parts of ourselves are present. So think about that. Who's missing in your internal world? When you reach out to do something, where do you falter? That part of yourself may be missing. And I encourage you to consider soul retrieval as a valid option in your healing path in life. For me, soul retrieval is something that I can do long distance. You're welcome to contact us here at Last Mass Center, and that can be organized. You can also contact Sandy's website that I gave earlier, shamanicteachers.com, and find yourself someone in your area. But I encourage you to have the courage to heal to get the soul retrieval you need, and to go live your life in the best way possible. Thank you all for joining me here today. I give thanks to the ancestors, the earth, the sky, and the heart that unites us all. The website is lastmasscenter.org. You're welcome to email me at christina at lastmasscenter.org, and I invite you to have a soulful week. Thank you all for joining me today.